Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Christoph Hinold, Head of Partnership, Knowledge, and Technology Transfer at the University of Luxembourg. Prior to his time at the University of Luxembourg, Christoph was the director SAIC Impact at Toulouse IMP. Christoph has a master's degree in chemistry and a PhD in chemical engineering from Toulouse IMP. And with that extremely impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Christoph. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, thank you so much again, Christoph, for taking part in the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. And Christoph, I generally like to start my podcast off by asking my guests a little bit about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us about your background and how you ended up at the University of Luxembourg? After my degree and PhD, I happened to work for the French embassy in Australia. I was working in the scientific service there. And I worked um, about collaboration policies between companies and uh, uh, public research. Um, So that gave me the the taste of these collaborations. And then um, I went back to Toulouse in France and I worked in an industrial liaison office. And my career um, has been uh, starting there and then growing through uh, technology transfer and then knowledge and technology transfer. So I've been through uh, the creation of different structures, organizations for knowledge transfer. So I've been involved in creation of a tech transfer office and then a tech transfer company uh, funded by the French government. Um, it was a, a major uh, government, French government investment. So they invest for the future, and it was one billion uh, euros to create several tech transfer companies in France. And um, at the same time, I became an expert for the European Commission, and I went into international expertise, and then I joined also the ASDP network, of course. So I was always looking for new challenges, and um, Luxembourg was actually a very interesting challenge and a very big opportunity for me, bringing this international aspect and uh, giving me the, the, the chance to create a new knowledge transfer office. So this is extremely challenging and exciting. Wow, it sounds like you've had a really amazing career. And I wanted to ask you, uh, I think that's a good segue. You mentioned about the exciting opportunity there at the University of Luxembourg. So for those of our listeners who are not familiar with the university and its knowledge transfer office there, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, let's talk first um, about the university itself. It's a very young university. It's less than 20 years old, actually. It it might be understood that uh, Luxembourg is a very interesting country, a small country in the heart of Europe and which came from agriculture and coal, mines, steel industry to financial activities, of course, banking. They are well known for that. And then they chose actually to 
go into education issues and knowledge economy. So um, now Luxembourg is um, orientated towards knowledge and new industries, for instance, the space industry, satellites. And uh, there's much work done about space resources exploitation, for instance, quite surprisingly. Um, now, uh, in this university, um, uh, there was some uh, auditing analysis done and they decided some two or three years ago to create a central knowledge transfer office. So this is a new office. We are now six persons. Um, I went through an international recruitment and we got in this team uh, IP specialists and knowledge transfer officers, including um, humanities uh, and impact considerations. Wow. Um, sounds like a really interesting office. And so before we talk a little bit more about your office, I did want to ask you more about knowledge transfer there and how um, it's handled maybe a little bit differently or how it compares to countries such as the U.S. and let's say the U.K. As I said, um, the ecosystem, uh, the innovation uh, ecosystem and knowledge transfer ecosystem is very new. It is also very uh, reactive, actually. There is a very strong political will and there are resources. So things can go quite quick. And so the flexibility and the reactivity are very strong compared to other countries I know. But we have similar issues, of course, compared to UK or other European countries or the states. Um, these issues are about awareness rising, uh, access to funding for proof of concept, uh, access to funds for spin-off creation and these sort of issues. But um, we, we feel that different answers must be found. So there is no uh, one fits all. Huh? So uh, the cultural approach is very important. And for instance, the relationship to risk aversion and uh, the notion of general interest, the kind of out outputs expected, outputs and impact expected, especially for the country, for Luxembourg. So this is linked to the missions that the university has. And these missions are defined um, as regards to the country. Um, of course, the, the UK example is very inspiring. Uh, um, let's talk about the evaluation, the, the CAF or RAF. And the university organizations are also inspired by other European countries. Um, if we look at the, at the states, um, we all know the importance of the public funding for R&D projects. Um, we have also something about the Beidol Act, which is now quite ancient. Everybody talks about this, but this is now a very old uh, law. Yes, very. And uh, this was also inspiring, of course. So um, there is a long history uh, in, other, in, uh, in other countries, and uh, we all need also very nice uh, storytelling about the successes about knowledge transfer. So the great majority of uh, tech transfer offices have quite comparable stories and results, and they, and they have the same issues. Find the right balance between public interest and research objectives and economical and industrial impact, and now uh, a more uh, wider impact about environment, climate change, etc. So, Christoph, it sounds like even though knowledge transfer is pretty young in Luxembourg, that the government is fairly involved in the process as well. Yes, indeed. Um, we have really a full support from the government to the global and to the national ecosystem. So the, the university, the unique university, but also research institutes. Um, we have also three different uh, research institutes, more, uh, I would say, uh, like 
RTOs, I would say. Um, so there is a national fund which brings support, uh, for instance, for proof of concept. We got a program called the JUMP program uh, dedicated to POC funding. And we have also another program uh, from government through this national fund called the KITS. The KITS program is actually uh, designed to attract skilled knowledge transfer professionals. So I use that actually to build my team. Um, now about the different rules, um, I would say uh, we are more inspired by European practices. Um, but the, the global rule is uh, quite well known. So the ownership, for instance, of IP goes to the institutions, the university or the different research centers, and there is no professor privilege. So uh, we are in a situation quite close actually to the Beidol Act uh, environment. Mm -hmm. And we have also incentives for knowledge transfer for our researchers. Now, I did want to turn back to your team for a few minutes here. And you did mention that there are six people currently on your team. And I was wondering if you want to tell us a little bit more about them and how your office is structured. Mm, we go through most of the uh, typical actions that the uh, KT office um, provides. So, for instance, for licensing, we do that internally, but also with external support when needed. Uh, for instance, when we talk about specific domains like health or uh, IT. Um, we also provide legal and IP advice, of course, and this is also internal with also the university uh, legal department and sometimes, of course, with a external IP uh, specialist. Mm, uh, same for business analysis. Uh, we, we got internal skills, and we are also very strongly linked with the innovation agency in Luxembourg, who knows a lot about the uh, business, especially in the greater region. Mm, about the startups and creation of spin-off, we work very uh, closely with incubators. We got actually a university incubator, more specialized on students' awareness and boot camps training. And we work also with external incubators, and that includes uh, getting access to mentors and to uh, funders, so mentoring and, and funding. That, that's about it. And of course, we, are, uh, we also provide support for the research contract, also with the legal team. So, Christoph, I wanted to ask you about some metrics with respect to your office. Could you share with us how many invention disclosures, patent filings, royalty income and things like that your office has had over the last year or maybe last five years? As I said, all of this is very recent. So we already have a portfolio around 40 uh uh, patents families, but um, I'm not really able to tell you now uh, what the results are about the exploitation of these patents. Very simply, because it, it takes time, yeah, <laughs> as you know, a lot of and, time. Uh, yep. And of course, we have we have um, also many software know-how, and this is very interesting because um, we have more and more issues about open science, open source, also, and so the the management of software is quite complicated. We have, for instance. And research center within the university who provides lots of uh, IT uh, items, I would say. So um, we are working a lot about identification of the software and the way to manage the open source licenses and then the valorization, of course. So um, I would say the, the, the figures are now comparable to uh, similar universities, but we are still in the process of uh, finalizing um, the exploitation and the transfer of all these uh, IP and intellectual assets. 
Now, switching gears a little bit, Christoph, I wanted to ask you what you think is most important in managing innovations to give them the greatest opportunity for success. The first uh, issue is probably the team, as in many projects. So when I'm talking about the team, that could be, of course, the team uh, involved in the creation of a spin-off. This is obvious. But even if we, have, if we don't talk about creating spin-off, just managing the transfer and the generation of innovation, which is inventions, new novelty plus access to the market, this has to be done with a team, including, of course, the PI, so the researchers, uh, somebody from the tech transfer office, definitely, and probably somebody coming from the business uh, side. So that could be a mentor, that could be an uh, external advisor. So this is a minimum team, and this is very important. Then, of course, uh, if you have the team and the, the willingness of this team to go to the market, uh, you need a very good knowledge of the market and the structure of this market. You know, you've got to know about the value chain. Then, of course, intellectual property situation is very important, freedom to operate. And finally, maybe access to funding, either for proof of concept and then transfer or uh, funding for creating spin-off. So, Christoph, you've mentioned a little bit about how your office works with incubators. And I wanted to go back to the question about startups and ask you, how does your office support startups that come out of the university? This is a very important question um, because the, um, the role of the USD has to be very uh, clearly explained and understood. So the university is not uh, involved in the market. So there is um, a, a step where the university can help startups and spin-off. And, and then, quite soon actually, the, the company has to manage its own uh, issues, uh, especially according to the to the market uh, question. So what we can do is obviously bring the IP. So this is uh, mainly through licensing. So this is about creating IP by our research, protecting it, so paying for the initial protection patents and so on, or uh, organizing the management and the protection of the non-patent IP, which is also very important. So this is mainly what we do. And then the university can also provide access to public funding through collaborations, through private-public partnership. And more widely, we can also provide to these companies access to the global ecosystem. We mentioned incubators, then the VCs, uh, innovation agencies, uh, you, you, you name it. And besides, I think it's also very valuable for the university and for the TTO in particular to, to offer advice and discussions uh, with the spin-off. I know this is quite difficult to do because we have to build trust. And um, it's very important that the companies, the startup or the spin-off understand that we are basically on the same side. Of course, we are going to negotiate licensing and we are going to talk about money and this sort of uh, uh, difficult topics maybe but this is not the heart of the of the problem the the essential issue is is going is this company going to succeed and so the university is here to help really that doesn't mean that all the licensing should be uh, for free and should be um, just given away i don't think this is valuable but 
that means that we should be able to talk uh, in a trusting uh, environment and we can definitely bring valuable advice because we have seen many uh, startups in our lives before. We are all experienced people working there and this is still to, to we have still to demonstrate that in Luxembourg because the ecosystem is very new. So people don't really know. Many people don't know about the real IP issues. They don't know about the, the classical and typical uh, licensing negotiations. And so there are many um, misunderstandings. So we've got to explain a lot. And so I think the, the way the university and, and, and knowledge transfer office can support a new company is also through discussions and advice in, in good faith. And I think that leads to another important question as it relates to startups and spinoff, Christoph, and that relates to funding. And you mentioned the National Fund for Proof of Concept Testing, but I was wondering, are there some other funding opportunities that are available for the startups and spinouts that come out of the university? Yes, there are many of them, and we are still uh, working with the different uh, ministries, Ministry for Research and, of course, the Ministry for Economy. Um, they already have some schemes. Uh, there is something, for instance, called uh, Fit for Start, which is a very interesting program. Uh, this is conducted by the um, uh, an, a very technological incubator and the innovation agency. That This is also with a, a public um, Ministry of Economy funding. And it gives actually the project some uh, initial money for the capital. And then uh, if you raise more money for, from private investor, you got more public funding. And this is also um, gives you also an access to mentoring and advice again. So this is very useful. Um, there are also many prizes given by the you know, Chamber of Commerce and, and so on. So the, there are many schemes uh, providing non-dilutive funding, which is important for an, a, a newly born uh, company. Um, and of course, there is also a network of business angels. And it's possible to find seed money and funds and access to VCs. But once again, this is still in the process of being built here. But we have also big neighbors, uh, France. Belgium, Germany, and of course, we work with uh, um, an extended uh, landscape, obviously. So I want to switch gears, Christoph, a little bit and ask you about corporate partners and the role there they play in knowledge transfer at the university. Can you give us some examples of some relationships you have with some corporate partners? We use the traditional um, collaboration agreements and that, that can be also funded uh, by the, 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 the Fonds National de la Recherche, so the national uh, funding for research. And that goes into PhD projects or, or industrial fellowships. And this is very useful and quite used by the companies here. Um, most uh, more, more important are maybe the the global agreements we can have with uh, such companies. And we have also a system of block grants. And for instance, we, we can get into a program with a, um, a corporate and uh, that will include uh, 10 or 15 uh, PhD and postdoc uh, projects. So this is more um, ambitious, I would say. And then we have also 
another type of corroboration, which is very important, uh, and, uh, and that's where the, what's called the, the, the chairs. This is also quite well known in the in the landscape of um, higher education and research. Uh, and so this we do with um, big companies, just like uh, ArcelorMittal, for instance, or or, or this kind of um, of uh, national and international companies. So would you ha say having these corporate partners has led to more deals or perhaps differently structured deals? It sounds like you have a variety of different structures. Yes. Uh, for instance, the chair, we, we have a, a chair about hydrogen now with uh, Paul Wurt, which is uh, one of the big uh, Luxembourgish steel industry. And um, that had a, a, a structuration uh, impact on the Department for Engineering at the, the Faculty of for Science. Uh, and that uh, this is also, of course, related to major challenges. In this case, it's about energy process engineering. Um, so yes, I would say um, it, it is important because it changes also the way we organize our research and our collaboration tools. Now, do you have any relationships with any philanthropic organizations? Um, this is organized actually not through the, the Norwich Transfer Office, but we got a specific fundraising office. And this is very logical, for instance, for health aspects, because we are specialized in our university uh, in Parkinson's or Alzheimer uh, diseases. So uh, that brings very naturally uh, uh, funds uh, from the, the, the audience, from the public and from philanthropic organizations, yes. So, Christoph, I wanted to switch gears again and ask you if you had the opportunity to reflect on some past licensing transactions or partnerships, what might you have done differently if you knew then what you know now? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, so I will talk about my previous experience because I've been in Luxembourg only for two years, of course, but um, the rule is the same. It's basically about um, better understanding we need to know each other. So it's it's a sort of know your customer or, or know your partner. You have really to understand their stakes, their limitations, their objectives as well. Because most of the time, what I see um, from the failures that I, I, I met, um, it's generally a question of misunderstanding. And at the end of the day, you just realize that um, the people didn't expect the same things. So of course, there was a disappointment. Uh, so you really, re you really got to explain exactly and frankly what you expect, what you can bring, and what you can't. Um, so this is really a question of um, human relationship. I know many people talk about knowledge transfer now and say, "Oh, we should organize, you know, some sort of um, a digital platform, uh, matching uh, requests and offers." That's all fine, but at the end of the day, you will be just facing some humans <laughs> and you got to understand them and to talk with them. And this is really something um, that might avoid uh, some errors and some failures. So Christoph, I wanted to switch gears again. And, and I know you mentioned that the university and knowledge transfer there is very young, but I was hoping you could describe for us some of your office's biggest success stories in terms of successful technology startups, anything you'd like to share with us. 
Um, I will share the success pro- probably in 10 years from now, <laughs> because <laughs> it is when we are able to measure the real impact. Exactly. But I can tell you about some uh, some examples of, uh, for instance, newly created uh, spin-off. There is one uh, I like very much. It's called Magritte, and um, it's about education. It's very successful. It's a mixture of uh, IT and psychology, uh, talking about the science, uh, the origin of this uh, company, and that was created by a former PhD student and postdoc at the university. And so it's uh, about teaching math to uh, young children and we've got difficulties with the language. Okay, so it's a it's a method of teaching without using the words and the, the language. So it can be used everywhere in the world. It's been tested, of course, in Luxembourg and um, and soon in other countries, in, in Portugal, in the States. There are, there are some testing uh, going on also in France. And uh, I like very much this, this company because um, it's multicultural, it's multi, it's uh, multidisciplinary as well. And, um, and the CEO is a very talented uh, young woman. And um, I really wish that the success will be there, not only for the nice storytelling for the university, but really for these persons and for the team, uh, and also for the global impact, because I, I trust this is going to be really a major um, uh, stakeholder in this uh, teaching, teaching math landscape. Also in the field of uh, data, data management, because we got a strong research about that, about security and the reliability of data. And uh, then we have also some uh, opportunities uh, in the domain of uh, health. Um, for instance, we have a, a spin-off created about organoids, so organ and chips. And I trust that will that will be also a big success. They are now raising funds. So I can tell you more about this in some month. So it sounds like some really exciting things coming out of the knowledge transfer in the university there. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. And Christoph, have you back in a couple months and, and see where those spinoffs are. So Christoph, um, what would you say two of your office's biggest challenges are? The main challenge is definitely the team again. Um, we are in the process of ca- capacity building. So when I arrived two years ago, uh, there was basically uh, two people working there. We are now six and uh, we are working in the um, hub and spoke uh, way of organizations. So organizing the team and building the trust between the people, that goes also with the cultural changes and that takes time. So this is the first challenge and we are really on good wheels. Would you say that in English? I'm not sure. <laughs> on this la, la bonne voie. So- okay, we are, solid yeah. ground, we like to say too. Okay. Um, The second challenge is probably um, more a communication challenge. So we got to demonstrate success and we got to tell uh, nice stories. And and, um, we have to explain to the people that um, although the research results are quite immediate, okay, um, the knowledge produced is now, all right, but the outputs uh, new fundings, licenses, patents, uh, new software that take a bit longer. And for impact, we got to wait. We all know that impact takes years and years. So this is something difficult because we are now at the start of a process. We are doing well, but that will take years be- be- before we can tell nice stories and we can demonstrate that that is useful for the society, that is 
challenging and exciting for the researchers. This is good for the institutions. So this is globally positive to go into these knowledge transfer processes. Well, Christoph, congratulations are in order for you. I was in Lisbon, Portugal at the ASTP meeting in May when it was announced that you're the new president of the organization. For those of our listeners who are not familiar with ASTP, can you tell us more about it and what you hope to achieve over the next year as president? I should maybe remind the, what are the missions of uh, ASTP. So this uh, European association is uh, created, was created to support knowledge and technology transfer professionals to improve the economic and also societal and environmental impact of public research results. So for this, we have three types of activities. First of all, we provide a training about knowledge and technology transfer, and we have a current catalog of uh, 12 big training courses. We also carry out networking actions. So that goes through the organization of conferences and thematic working groups to share our best practices. And finally, we also increasingly de develop our advocacy mission at the European level. So we have, for instance, recently intervened with the EIC, which provides uh, within the framework of uh, Horizon Europe project um, for researchers to obtain the right to use their own inventions. So we, we work on that because we believe, as I said before, that um, the exploitation of results is linked to a team. And it goes on with the team, including uh, tech transfer offices. Um, so we work a lot with the European Commission. And I had this morning again uh, a meeting, for instance, with the Joint Research Center at the European Commission. And so we plan to bring more tools about uh, better understanding what the uh, knowledge transfer actions in Europe are. So providing results and providing figures so that everybody knows about that, understands, and that we improve globally the level of uh, our knowledge technology transfer offices. Mm, maybe I can also say that, uh, of course, we, we, we also try to help newcomers in this uh, in this field. And uh, we have, uh, um, for instance, this uh, annual survey, and that, that brings value uh, because it, it gives information, gives data from more than 500 uh, offices, knowledge transfer offices, coming from more than 25 countries. So it's very interesting to benchmark. And when, when you're a newcomer, it's very nice to see exactly what the other do. So the other, your colleagues in different environments in different countries. So this is very important for uh, showing, for demonstrating. Um, and so we will definitely work about impact and the way to measure that. So indicators is also a major, uh, a major issue and we work with the European Commission on that. Um, I would like also, of course, to go on I mean, continue developing the community because this is a very rich community and we have still people to, to welcome. Um, and I would like also to put some emphasis about the access to the fundings and the conditions under which uh, the public research can create spin-off. I think this is still of great interest and we, we got to learn about the good practices all over the world and especially in Europe. Well, Christoph, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests, if you could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for your office, what would that be? Let's say the first uh, wish would be um, to reach a common understanding 
between everybody, <laughs> between the <laughs> policymakers, between the university management and the researchers and scientists all around the knowledge transfer team. The second wish would be about getting and showing and demonstrating a real success. And when I'm when I talk about when I talk about success, um, I'm not only thinking about unicorns. See, uh, I'm thinking about something with real impact. And so probably making the world better and also, you know, surviving because we are now entering very difficult times. And I honestly think that knowledge, uh, intelligence and um, knowledge transfer can really help um, what we are facing now, the different issues we are facing now. And of course, uh, the, the third wish would be about uh, getting happy and safe conditions uh, of work and far away, I hope, far away from the COVID times. So that would be my final wish. And I think those are three great wishes. Thank you so much for sharing those. Well, Christoph, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. This has been an absolute pleasure. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? Sure, they can send me an email. Um, you will find me on the University of Luxembourg website. So my uh, email address is simply christophe.onold at uni.lu for Luxembourg. Great. Well, thank you so much again, Christoph. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.